Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner, StubHub, has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic. Tyler Dunn. It's Tyler Dunn. All right, welcome to the latest edition of Hear That Podcast. Stroud, Paulie the Jr. of The Athletic here with you. And if you listen to The Open, you know it is Wild Card Thursday. And this week, we this one's been on the calendar for a while, had it plotted uh, because, and I told you guys about it Tuesday, I was excited. Because uh, our guy Tyler Dunn of Go Long TD is you're coming to town too, TD, which is great. It's kind of great to have you back. Of course, you're you're an old timer on the pod because we did a live podcast down at down at Fifty West before uh, what was that Monday Night Football game that ended up being an awful night, but uh, it was a wild scene. You were you know all about the the fervor around HTPG. Are you kidding me? I was blown away. I, I was <laughs> flabbergasted. I couldn't believe how packed 50 West was. I mean, really, it was we were talking a little bit before we hit record and I expected maybe a dozen, maybe two dozen people. It's New Year's Day for the love of God. People are probably wanting to sit around with their families, watch a little college football, maybe watch another Christmas movie. Keep that lingering on. No, hell no. Let's go. Cincinnati Bengals are good. They're showing up and drinking beer with the great. Paul Daner. So well, that's why, that you know was, what? That's that why, awesome. that's why Bengals and Bills fans are sort of like, you know, they're sort of joined at the soul a little bit. You know, it's like if, if your team's good and there's a potential to go have some drinks and have some fun somewhere they're on board, Bengals fans are on board with it. So you know, you're, you know, you're, you like, you have a history and a, and a deep connection to Buffalo. You know them well, you know, the place well, you live out there. Um, so you're a perfect fit. You're coming in town to cover this, but you cover everything. I, w- I want to make sure people know, like if you haven't, if you're not a subscriber or you just haven't read what's going on at Go Long TD, it is so good. You, you probably have because because Tyler has done a bunch of incredible Bengals features over the years. It's the real stuff, like the real stories about the NFL. Um, he's uh, nailing it every day. So make sure you're checking out that site, and uh, if you if you like it, uh, subscribe. You've got a couple different pods you got going. Now you have a pod with Brett Favre, right? Yeah. That yeah. you're doing every week. And then yeah, we've uh, got you've got pods. another, what the one with uh, Bob McGinn. <laughs> Call him my Green Bay dad when I lived out there. Uh, we covered the team together at the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel. You know, he's covered football since 1979 and he's in the Hall of Fame. Just an insane wealth of knowledge. So yeah, it's great to kind of shoot the bowl with my old mentor once a week. And we talk Packers, but the the whole NFC North, the whole NFL really. Uh, and then, and then Brett Favre. Yeah. He's uh, the good, the bad, the ugly. We've all yeah. kind of lived it with Brett every step of the way. So yeah. that's the whole, the goal of the site is to kind of deliver football in the raw, right? It's yes. not always going to be pretty. And that was yeah. Favre's career, Favre's life. I mean, hell he's, he's been an open book about everything he's going through right now, honestly, in Mississippi, but also the alcohol addiction, the, the pain pill addiction and 
it, it's crazy. I mean, every every we do that about every two, every three weeks. Uh, and then we have the flagship go long show with with Jim Monas, who you met. Yeah. Uh, long time, time scout. Awesome guy. Uh, we do that every week. And then like the foundation of the site is the long form writing. So thanks so much for the kind words. Just trying to yeah, you know, sit down with these players. If they're going to give me an hour of their time, I'm so grateful. I mean, everybody's got a story and that Bengals locker room is just full of personalities, full of stories. Uh, I, I'm uh, I'm uh, upset at myself, honestly, Paul. I haven't been down there this season yet, so it's time to really ramp it up and probably a good time if people want to subscribe because I'll be doing a lot of Bengals stories the rest of the way. Yeah, and I mean, if you, I mean, you did an, I, I can think of off the top of my head the the story on Chidabe Uzie might be one of the best features I've read about a Bengals player uh, over okay. the years uh, from uh, I think it was last year. Uh, uh, but either way, uh, make sure you guys are, are checking that out. But we're gonna we're gonna go through it here a little bit. Let's because you know massive game on Sunday, Sunday night football. You know, early in the season, there was probably a couple of times where you looked at this game and was like. I'm not saying they're going to flex it out, but this might not be the hammer they thought it was going to be. The Bengals were obviously down. Uh, fans of the team here listen to this know that. But the Bills, too, have been an uneven bunch this year. What what have you made of why the Bills have sort of been, um, I don't know, up and down and just sort of disjointed at times? That's a good word. Really disjointed. Yeah. Uncharacteristic. I know everybody's freaking out about the offense every week and Josh Allen. I want to start with the defense. So I think the problems are really on defense because you don't have Dequan Jones in the middle of your defense. You didn't have him in that divisional playoff game against Cincinnati. And it showed, I mean, he is their best run defender on the D line and the Bengals just exposed at Oliver and, you know, Jordan Phillips is a big guy, but he's not the same presence. I would think the Bengals are going to run right up the middle of that defense like they did last year. And look, now you don't have Matt Milano behind mm -hmm. that player who is the best defensive player on the team. One of the five, maybe one of the three best linebackers in the NFL. He was an all pro last year. He's gone. And you don't have Tredavious White, like right when he's turning a corner, starting to trust his knee and his movement, looking pretty good early this season. He's out with, uh, he popped his Achilles. So those are three of your best players. And I don't think Sean McDermott's done a really good job adjusting. And look, it, I think it's lazy to just write off these injuries and say, oh, the defense is bad because of these injuries. It, a lot of teams go through injuries. Now it's a little, it's extreme. I mean, these are three really good players, uh, but we've covered teams, been around teams that have gone to the playoffs, won Super Bowls. I was just talking to Brett Favre this week about his 96 team. I mean, Robert Brooks goes down. Antonio Freeman breaks his arm. At one point, he's thrown to Don Beebe and Terry Mickens. Like, mm -hmm. it's just part of the game. And McDermott took over play calling. They gently kicked Leslie Frazier out the door. It's still weird how that went down. Yeah. I mean, they had their talking points and their narrative all on point. It's like they sat down with the public relations staff and said, Here exact, <laughs> here's exactly what we're going to tell the media at the Combine. Uh, the bomb was dropped that morning. They had their press conferences. You know, Leslie Frazier is walking away, but he's not retiring. He's taking a year off. No, they, I, I believe he was scapegoated mm -hmm. by the head coach for 13 seconds for what happened against Cincinnati. Okay, so, Sean, now we know you're the play caller. And it really hasn't been pretty, you know, he's been more aggressive, but that's backfired at times. It did against Jacksonville. It's just kind of a mess on defense. And I think that's where my concern is because I don't know how it gets better. I really don't. You can blitz more, but good luck blitzing against Joe Burrow because it's going to come back to bite you. 
I don't know where the answers are. And Kyir Elam, they drafted him in the first round two years ago at corner. He should be ready for a game like this one against these receivers. You know, he's not going to see the field because he's that bad. Right. It's unbelievable that that it's gotten to that point. And that's just it is everybody wants to talk about the offense and and how it's evolving with Josh Allen, who's, you know, they've really started coming around a little bit. And and Josh is playing a little bit of a different brand. You know, we 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 went so deep into this last year because, you know, we previewed two huge games between these two teams about Josh Allen and, and his history with turnover worthy plays and needing to just find a way to to do what he does at his best, but just to cut out like a percentage of those just killer turnovers, specifically in the red zone that have dogged him. But you're right. You look at these games. I mean, when they lose at New England, you've given up 29 points to Mac Jones a couple weeks. I mean, that that you talk about things that can't happen. Um, you know, you're you're the Jags are posting a 25 spot on you. Uh it's Really, they have that Dolphins game to hang on to right now of, okay, this is a team that can win the Super Bowl, a team that just did that to Miami, 148-20. And the Bengals Miami feel like they have that in their win against San Francisco. Okay, this is championship-level football. This is what you're capable of. You can be that. That's the team you expect. The question is, which of these two teams can find a way to summon those consistently right now. And the bills have had opportunities and haven't quite done it, but another spot for them to prove it. I'm, I wonder where their motivation is at right now in terms of feeling like it needs to happen like now and, and this feeling like a big game for them too. They're five and three and they easily could be three and five. And I know yeah. we could play that game all day, but that giants game, they, they, they gave, the Giants gave that game away for yeah. what happened at the end of the first half with Tyrod Taylor checking to the run. The end of the game, the officials yeah. don't call the flag on Terry Johnson. I mean, you're talking a loss uh, to the Jets and the Giants. Yeah, I mean, two of the worst teams maybe in football. I mean, is that are they playing down to opponents? Is, is there is there a lazy? No, I'm not. I hate using that word. Is there a just a, a lack of caring sometimes early in the season? Not an exciting opponent or stage. Oh, that was a big stage. Like, it, it's hard to explain how why that stuff is happening. You know, they've never really been a team that gets blown out under Sean McDermott, even back to, to 17 when they end the drought, thanks to Andy Dalton and Tyler Boyd against Baltimore, oh. uh, who they're still gods around here, I'm sure. Yeah. Um, e- even then, you know, they only had, I think the Colts blew them out and the Saints. That's it. Like, you know, e- even good teams are liable to get blown out. They, they really don't because Sean McDermott is so good at situational football. They preach it red zone, third down. Like, I think that's their saving grace right now is mm-hmm. even though the defense isn't very good, the run defense isn't very good. That's how they beat Miami. They, they, they muddied it up up front. They, they got them out of their run game. They forced Tua to maybe get off his first read from time to time. And then Miami got behind and they're really not built to play from behind with a timing based offense. I don't think you could do that now. With these injuries, with the way they're playing, I think Cincinnati will be able to run the ball really well. Uh, but I guess what I'm getting at is they're so good at situational football, and Sean McDermott is disciplined, and all that stuff matters. I just feel like, you know, what is his strength is also his weakness in terms of they harp on this stuff year round. It could be the middle of May, the middle of June, and they're going hard. You talk to players, the pressure in a practice. And then the spring is high and it mm-hmm. sounds good, 
you know, because you're going to be ready for that situational moment. You're going to know exactly what your responsibility is to the step. But this team has been wound up so tight, 24-7, 365, that they burst at the worst possible times. Hmm. 13 seconds. An AFC championship game before that. A, a blowing a 16-0 lead to the Texans, the playoff game before that. And then last year, I, I'm sure behind closed doors, as I've heard he's done with some media members, Sean McDermott is kind of writing off that Bengals loss. Oh, you know, we had nothing left to give after the DeMar Hamlin stuff. We were exhausted. There's probably some truth to that, but, I mean, that seems like a pretty convenient excuse. I mean, the Bengals just came out and clubbed them over the head. I mean, they they the Bills had no answer that day. And I've talked to Taiwan Jones. He's like, hey, we were like a deer in headlights. Isaiah McKenzie told us on on that show last year, like most guys wanted to play in that Bengals game before they wanted to play on as horrible as that was. And it was horrible. We'll all remember that day for the rest of our lives. Most guys wanted to play. So I, I just, I, I still think you can judge that playoff game on its own merit. And the Bengals were so much better than the bills that day. And I, I feel like the way that this team is coached, they're, they're bound to just kind of rupture at the worst moments in the playoffs. I love this conversation point because the Bengals are the live in the exact opposite. And I'm writing about this a little bit right now too. And it's something that we spent a lot of time here talking about how the Bengals have gone. We, you know, we call them country club Bengals. I mean, they, over the summer, it's how light can we make it? You know, like what, what are the, what is the, what is the, everyone's like, okay, uh, what's the NFL saying? How many practices are we allowed to do? It's like, how few can we do is what the Bengals do over the summer. They take it as easy as they can on their players. Their players appreciate it. They feel like they're buying relationship trust with these, with the way they treat it and they get real in camp, but the off season, like May and June, I mean, it's, it's walkthroughs. There's no one-on-ones there's no seven on seven there's no anything it's just soft it's install it's it's getting it's chemistry stuff it's that's that's what it is for them and and the players feel like that pays off for them in the long run and they look back at the last couple of years of a team that has looked fresh and strong and been really healthy at the ends of these seasons for the most part and 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 they feel like that that's part of what creates a little bit of the culture they want of the players feel like the coaches have their best interests at heart all the time. And, and it goes two ways. You got to give them something. You can't constantly be taking and applying pressure. It eventually wears you down. And, and the other part of that is I've been asking, I spent a lot of time this week asking guys why they close games so well, like they, when they get a lead and when they have a game kind of by the throat, boy, they just never let it go. And this, this league is full of comebacks every week. It's wild. Oh, this this team does another game-winning drive here or that, or they blew that lead or had to do this or that. The Bengals just choke games out when they have them. And they don't typically – they're not always good at coming back. Uh, and playing from behind is not their thing as much. But when they get ahead, Luana Rumo, it fits him – and offensively, it fits Burrow, who has a real killer instinct in putting games away, too, when he has opportunities often. They're not perfect, no question. I mean, people watch this championship game last year, the Super Bowl. They, they, there, There have been fail moments, but for the most part, it's been who they've been. And one thing that Zach Taylor said stood out to me, and actually, I'm going to take this opportunity to play you a little bit of my conversation from yesterday's press conference with Zach Taylor about exactly that. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Why have you guys been so good at closing out games? I, it just, it, it um, oh man, you, you just you feel really good when you, when we, when we've had a lead. I think, I think our confidence is really strong, and guys don't get careless and reckless. Uh, they really lock in on the details and the things that are important. And so I think, I think if you look back on on games that we've won and had leads on, the guys have really like locked in, and and um, that's a big part of doing it. Um, there's no, <laughs> there, there's no fear of failure. You know, it's not like I don't feel coaches or players when you have a lead get tight and are worried about what could go wrong. There's none of that. It's just you got to go take what what's there. And I kind of feel like that started in the Kansas City game a couple of years ago and won the division. Um, and it's just our guys have just eaten it up and, and they want to go attack success. And so I think um, maybe maybe that's why you just you feel that with the guys when, when you've got a lead on people. Are there players the kid? Can you find players that are good at that, or is that something that has to happen when they get here? Uh, um, I think it can be both. I think there, there's an intangible quality that guys have developed. Maybe that's from their high school. Maybe that's from their um, college they played at. Maybe that's in their DNA. Maybe that's another team that they experienced success with that we added. It, it, I think that's that's been a lot of ways when guys have walked in here. I also think there's guys that, that learn that as they experience it for the first time here. And maybe that's learning it from coaches or players or just the team success. They start to feel that. And they start to learn that's how it is and it's contagious. It can permeate throughout the locker room and the coaching staff to where you just you start to feel that way. And the first time I ever felt that, I was in junior college at Belwar County Community College. I joined a team that just won the national championship. And just going through an off-season program, just, just how they practiced – I, I learned what a winner looks like and feels like, and, and I feel that here. Um, and so there, there is something to that, and that starts with culture. Um, but it also, it also is pretty helpful when you win games and, and get some momentum and guys start believing it that way. Last bit of it, how much of that goes back to Joe Burrow? I mean, yeah. just you, that belief that you're going to win. Yeah, you have to believe in your quarterback. You know, He's the guy that's touching the ball every single play. He's the one in the big big moments that's going to have to step up and – and, and make plays, to allow others to make plays as well. And so when you got a guy you believe in like that, that's, that's got that magic to him and, and he's got that history of winning. Um, yeah, there's a belief on special teams that if we do our job, this guy's going to go lead us to victory. Our defense, man, if we can get the, guy, the ball back or get a stop, this guy's going to help us go score. And you hate to say this guy because it's more about just one guy, but um, I think we all understand that quarterback's a valuable position and, and you got to believe in that guy. There's Zach Taylor. Before I dive further into this topic, I also want to bring you defensive coordinator Luan Rameau and, and DJ Reader uh, on the defensive side of this element. And yeah, they're just so well coached and, and they have such a personality for closing out games too. And, and I think the combination of Luan Rameau's strengths and the personnel they've acquired and their attitude and how they play has really had a played a major role in in the defense specifically his ability to be so good at closing out games as well so here's 
Lou Anarumo with us yesterday, as well as myself with DJ Reader um, in the Bengals locker room. Why are you guys so good at closing games? Um, I just feel like when we get a lead, our guys sense it, you know, and um, you know, it's it it allows our guys to rush without worrying about hey this especially against an offense like that where the run game is so deadly. Um, you know, you're worried about all the things you got to worry about as a D lineman, and now you can just tee off and go. You know, we got some pretty good rushers. I mean, it seems like that's been a pretty significant trait for you guys for a while now. I mean, how, how did that develop, or was that just a matter of the type of players? Were you, were you trying to recruit to that, to teams that can do that, or does that have to kind of be a thing that becomes – Something. I think I think it just keeps building with the, the opportunities over the years, you know, and now that they know, okay, you know, like we had given up a play and, and the first guy coming to the sideline, we gave up a touchdown and Jermaine is just, you know, that's unacceptable. That's, you know, and, and so when we get in the positive situations where, okay, we got the lead, they're still talking about it, make sure everybody's on their spot, knowing where they're supposed to be, what they're supposed to do. And then the guys up front can just go rush, and, and we've won a lot of those battles. Zach said, because you guys have done it so many times and have that this belief, there's no fear of failure amongst anybody, and that's a real difference maker with teams. Some teams have that. <coughs> have you been on teams that you felt like there was a feel of fear? Yeah, failure I think, I mean, I think when I first got here, it wasn't, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. it, <laughs> you weren't like, oh shit, we're just gonna stop them. Like yeah. now, like we've done it so many times, it's proven to us, and we feel like. We're gonna go out there and get the stop. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Like, whether that happens or not, you know, as a player, as a teammate, because we failed at it too. It's not like it's just perfect, you right? You know, but and the offense has to come out there and get us. There's a moment in the game last week we wanted to close that game out early. We gave up another touchdown. The offense yeah. picked us up. I see. Like, yeah. Offense picked us up, but like we go out there with the belief that it's not just gonna happen easily. It's gonna be a drive. It's gonna be a dramatic fashion. The closer you get to that red zone, like. We feel like we're gonna make the play to end up making you mess it up. And yeah. A lot of times, you know, we start getting more and more chances and more and more chances. And we've seen it. And whatever happens, happens. But we just keep cutting those yards and cutting those yards up and splitting hands, splitting hands. Then we make the play. And that's, that's what we, what we feel, the way we feel about it. Yeah. Like, oh. It seems like it's the, there's the type of player that is great in those moments too, yeah. and that's kind of part of the personnel staff. It seems like something they've leaned into here, guys. Yeah. Like you, you know that that like live for that stuff. And, yeah. And, guys, you kind of like you got over those moments you're excited about. Like, nobody's yeah. fearful. Of them. Nobody's like, you know, how many players on our team, and no matter yeah. where they are on the team, is like. Oh shit! They got this guy. We carry around nervous energy. Yeah, we yeah, don't yeah. have that on our team, and that's that's big. You know what I'm saying? Even if they do, there's guys on this team who are so unselfish and willing to pick those guys up if they do have nervous energy. They they're more confident. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. 
Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. TD, the thing that stands out to me about that is there's no fear of failure. There's no fear. They're, they're not tight. They're loose in these moments. And that comes from the way they operate as a team. And I know because covering Marvin Lewis's teams, it was the opposite. It was the it was more of a McDermott style that you're outlining, where everything felt high pressure, everything was intense, everybody was so scared to make a mistake sometimes, and 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 then it would burst, right? Meltdown at Paul Brown, you name it, over and over, playoff games, prime time, in those moments. But if you can have a team that can be loose and free and feel light. Uh, in those moments and it makes a difference in your ability to close in your ability to win in big games and in big spots. And I'm not saying the bills don't have that because they've clearly done a ton of it, but the philosophies on opposite sides are kind of an interesting contradiction here. I completely agree. And and yeah. really it, it speaks to NFL coaching across the league. There, there's coaches who are in one bucket and coaches who are in the other bucket. You know, I spent some time around the Minnesota Vikings Mike Zimmer, similar in X's and O's, a defensive savant, like people in there since in Cincinnati remember. But man, he could be ruthless mm. and he, to the extreme of everything we're talking about here with Sean. Mm-hmm. I mean, he took it to a different level. I think guys were afraid of their own shadow in key moments out there in the <laughs> secondary. By the end, you know, that stuff can work with veterans, with young players. Yeah, you're not going to be loose and free. You put it so perfectly. Where it gets really dangerous in Buffalo, I think, is getting inside of the head of your best player. You know, Josh Allen is the reason people are employed at One Bills Drive, right? <laughs> I mean, if they draft Josh Rosen and not Josh Allen, yeah. I'm sorry, Sean McDermott is is fired, and all of his assistants, and most players, and the GM. I mean, this is we're having a completely different conversation here. Is there even a stadium, right? No, exactly. New stadium, exactly. Yeah, they're not they're not breaking the ground across the street. Yeah, across Abbott. <laughs> Yet this offseason, what did we hear Dodd stop out of McDermott? Even Brandon Bean, the GM, Josh has to adjust his playing style. He has to be more cautious. He can't run as much. He can't freelance. Like, okay, that sounds all fine and dandy on paper because, yeah, Cam Newton at this same point of his career started taking a lot of hits. And then Cam Newton very quickly became a knockoff version of Cam Newton. He was not the same from about 2017 on. But I, I think it's it, it's simple thinking. You've got a Super Bowl window right now with Josh Allen playing the way he is. That team and in twenty twenty one especially. I mean, he was on an all time heater that postseason. Mm-hmm. What they did to New England in the wild card. What he was doing to Kansas City the next round until thirteen seconds happened and Sean McDermott wanted the touchback, overruling the special teams coordinator who had the squib on. Um, j- just let him go, right? Just 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 take the bad with the good. Because the good is what can win you a Super Bowl. I think early in the season, you saw a quarterback trying to balance it all out, overthinking things at times. And really, that Tampa Bay first half last week is the first time he really cut it loose. Um, They actually called a designed run, I believe, the second play of the game. Later in the half, he scores a touchdown. He kind of holds the ball out over the line and is staring down a defender. Just cocky, right? Mm -hmm. You need some of that to you. At At a certain point, that's how they're going to have to win. That's how it's like I... 
he's on pace for you know about half almost about half maybe a little more than half as many uh rushes as he had last year at right now i'd expect that to go up as the games get bigger and it's fun like to me if you're josh allen like you can't try to make him be out there hindered and thinking about playing a different brand of football your quarterback needs to be comfortable playing the way that he wants him to play and is most comfortable playing now you're gonna live and die by that but guess what you're gonna bring uh a championship to buffalo because one year he's gonna hit a heater and not make the mistakes and you're gonna win it all because what he everything else he does is championship level if if he and that's got i think that's just got to be kind of the pros and cons of josh allen of yeah. that's what it is. If he's your quarterback, don't try to restrict the type of guy he is. Let him go make plays because it will pay off for you most of the time. Sometimes it won't, but you got to be willing to roll those dice because uh, a like, you know, trying to be cute and hold it in Josh Allen ain't isn't going to yeah. give you all the good stuff. And so you're losing there, too. Completely. So maybe, maybe, Completely. maybe, maybe he cuts it loose. Maybe he cuts it loose a little bit more. Maybe that's what we're seeing now. The second half of this season, after what we saw in Tampa, against Tampa, is going to be a little bit more of that Allen. Which you did see their offense starting to kind of be a little bit more of what it needs to be. And Lou Anarumo says, "Great." He feels like he's had a good game plan for Josh Allen. They're used to it. You know, the way they deal with Lamar Jackson is is a similar style. Uh, they're very good with these disciplined pass rushes that. They don't try to just get upfield and just get the quarterback at all costs. They all rush lanes. And and he'll always point out, like, we don't get as many sacks because we focus on quarterback rating or not quarterback rating, but like passer, you know, incompletions and like making sure you're keeping them in their uncomfortable spot and having to read a defense. And while I'm muddying the DBs behind them and like all don't let them get out and play free when that's what they want to do. And the Bengals are amongst the best defensive lines in football at doing that. People love to point out Sam Hubbard. He just doesn't get back there enough. He is the ideal Luana Rumo defensive end. He makes every run play. He's in every run stop. He rushes perfectly into every gap that he's supposed to, and he's relentless and cleans up every single time. There's a cleanup to be made because the quarterback is confused holding the ball in the pocket and let Hendrickson do the wild stuff off the other side. And so it's like that type of discipline from your D line is imperative against Allen. And I think it was what makes them a good matchup against, against his play style and one that they've shown that they can handle before. Yeah. that That's why they're a, such a tough matchup because yeah. you've got a, a coach, a coordinator, a, a brilliant defensive mind who is going to take away that superpower. And that's why I have a really hard time seeing a path for Buffalo in this game because you do need Josh Allen to be himself. You've got to cut him loose. This offense is is disjointed and it's just kind of Allen and Diggs, not a hell of a lot else. You know, to take a big picture with the Bills too, Paul, it, it's such a dichotomy here in Buffalo where you've got this defensive-minded head coach where he came up through Jim Johnson, Philadelphia Eagles, and then he's running that defense, then he's running the Carolina Panthers defense, and he... He takes over from for Rex, who was a clown, complete circus show here. <laughs> and I he was so good in so many ways, but he is a, a defensive minded coach in his mind. Like we every drive ends in a kick, right? It's old school. They yeah. end that Tampa Bay game with four straight punts at midfield on fourth and shorts. Wow. Like everything you're talking about on <laughs> that killer instinct and going for it, foot on the throat. He's the opposite. Like 
They could have done that four times in a row. Get a first down, game over. Instead, they keep handing the ball back to Tampa Bay, and it comes down to a Hail Mary where if Chris Godwin turns around, yeah. he catches it. <laughs> and I can't imagine uh, the uproar around here. It's just, it, and then you have Josh Allen. Like you've got this quarterback yeah. who is described as one former teammate I just talked to last week as a gangster. Like he's a total yeah. gangster. Like let him play. He's type A. He's an alpha. You've got that kind of guy who who wants to play with that killer instinct. It doesn't match up. And yeah. I don't think it ends well this yeah, you season know, or, or beyond this season. That's really interesting. I mean, who knows? I mean, maybe they go on a run, but you're right. When you see the cracks, you can sign to see cracks in that right now. And it's like the people have talked a lot about, oh, man, Burrow has made everybody in Cincinnati look good. And let's be clear, he has. Um, he's, he's, you said it before. I mean, no one is anyone here employed if they don't draft Joe Burrow, but they did and they have him now. But here's the thing it's not just that they let him be him. They're like, look, we're going to take a lot of heat for running empty all the time with you. We're going to take a lot of heat for you're going to because you say you don't mind taking hits. We're, we're going to take, we're going to take the brunt, we're going to take those arrows for you. And they people can rip on us, but we want you to feel like, Joe, that you're playing the football that you want to play. It's your team your game it all needs to run through you and so when he couldn't do stuff earlier this year that he normally does the offense looked awful because he because yeah. the, the offense is based on burrow being able to do all these things that's what the offense is and you can say well that's just then anybody could do that no like some many coaches prefer a style and they want to turn their quarterback towards what they need him to be. The Bengals say th this offense needs to be what Joe Burrow wants it to be, what he's most comfortable with because he's that good. And you get that free play style that you see in San Francisco. You know, he, he can work so great within structure. He can make the magic happen. He can throw the deep ball if you need. He can do He can He can do a little bit of everything, but a lot of it is, yeah, let the spread it out. And let Burrow just to you know win the chess match over and over and over again because he's he's so good at it. You've got to be able to play to your team's strengths. All right, but we got we got to get through some segments here real quick uh, because I've got I've got uh, we got to get to our Bengals growler bet. So every every week, of course, I, our, our our readers have been and listeners have been incredible. Uh, they've been sending in hilarious subject headers which the word growler needs to be in the subject header so that i can i can filter through it in my million emails uh so send p daner at the athletic.com with the word growler in the subject header your answer for this week or hashtag Bengals growler bet on twitter this week what's it what number do you think td is going to be the most telling one in this game for whether the Bengals or the bills win do you have something on the top that you think is going to be the the difference maker if one team can do something some certain number they can achieve that it'll make the difference yes good question i remember we did this back at uh 50 west yeah i love this segment should have been more prepared i'll say this if the bengals if Joe Mixon okay. rushes for 80 yards. 80? That would be 80. a lot for him. They don't like to involve him all that much. <laughs> I mean, he, he, he 13 to 15 carries a game, but if they get ahead and can start putting games away that way, that would be that would be a hell of a game for Joe. He, they're definitely winning if Mixon has 80. 80. Like, yeah, you know I don't that's, see a... That, no, no, a it's, it's, a good, it's a good point, though. Is that if 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 they if they have that 
on top of everything else they can do, it's over. Like you have to be to make them one dimensional at this point. Let's say let's just the Bills do, run defense just is not what it has been. It's it's not good. Right okay, now. let's do Joe Mixon rushing yards this week. So this week you can predict Joe Mixon rushing yards. Uh, then Bengals grab. This is easy. We're you come on, and I'm feeling generous. You know, makes me think about the good times where we were we were <laughs> drinking a few beers on New Year's Day, and it make, makes me want to bring that good feeling to others. So send in your submissions for Joe Mixon rushing yards this week. Uh, P. Daner at the Athletic Growler in the subject header hashtag Bengals Growler bet Joe Mixon rushing yards against the Bills is this week's number. All right, Arby's. Any related Bengals insight, excerpts, or stories? Uh, TD, you've been around this team. You've been around its fans. Uh, you've been around a bunch of what, – what, what do you got? You got something from over the years, a good a good, uh, good Arby's Bengals story? You know, I, like you said, it's been a lot of fun these last couple of years to uh, to tell these stories on Bengal players. I mean, Chidabe Wuzier, DJ Reader, Eli yeah. Apple – Everybody misses oh, Eli. Eli right? Oh yeah, of course. <laughs> Great Tyler story on you. I, I mean, I mean, I love the I love the Eli Apple story. Now that you mentioned that, oh. you have you caught up with him since he's been in in Miami? I I haven't, but maybe yeah. I should. You should. Yeah, yeah he, I'm curious how he's. He, we haven't heard as much from him down there, which is interesting, which is rare for him. I know it's it's very strange. <laughs> uh, yeah, but I, I think it all started the first time I really went down there for a feature would have been. Vontez perfect was oh, that Bleacher Report. That's right. Life on the edge. We sat down and and chatted about all of the times he. I believe it's been a while. I think all the times he could have died. It's crazy, you know, like <laughs> ne- nearly burning his apartment down when he was like three or four years old. Um, a lot of crazy things happened in his life. He uh he kind of forgot about a few of them. We were jogging his memories. Like man, I totally forgot about that. But he he opened up, and it kind of makes sense why he plays the way he does. Um, yeah, life on the edge. He went over that line for forgetting habitual line stepping. He went over the line again and again and again and again. But uh, here's my story for you. So when I wrote that story, a bleacher report, I'd been to Cincy once or twice, and I think I ate the skyline chili once. Mm-hmm. I was like, ah, eh, it's not. I mean, it was okay. It wasn't that good. And you know, you've read my stories once in a while, I like to uh, you know, throw in a metaphor here or there, an anecdote here or there. Maybe take a shot here or there. And I had this line. Where is it? I said, and in Cincy, the land of overrated Chile and a oh, football team that hasn't won a playoff game since wow. 1991. A star player doesn't give a damn what anyone thinks. You, me, other players to commission. So I take this like drive-by shot at oh. Oh, hey Ella. My daughter's behind me now. <laughs> oh, what's up? <laughs> I kind of take this shot at the Chile and I think it's kind of innocent and I've had the chili since it's great. I like yes. it. It's good. Um, but I get a, an unsolicited Facebook message from mm. somebody in Cincinnati mm-hmm. who was very upset with me that I yeah. took the shot at the chili. Yeah. I mean, you know, you know, when you get the Instagram message or the Facebook message, <laughs> they people mean business. You, yes. you really struck a they nerve. They found you. <laughs> they found me. They sought me out beyond Twitter. <laughs> uh, it's different, right? It's not like Twitter. So I I couldn't find the message. I probably deleted it. This was this story was like in twenty. When, when was this? I've got it up right. I've got it up right in front of me actually right now. Yeah, October twelfth, twenty sixteen. Life on the edge. People should go read it. It's phenomenal. If you want to flash, <laughs> thank you. 
<laughs> so yes, I had I, I I don't know if I responded, but if she's listening, I apologize greatly because I have had the chili since. Yeah, it's really good. It's solid. It's okay. I shouldn't, I shouldn't have. It's okay I crossed the not, line. I crossed I the am, line myself. I got I have the same stance on this for anyone. It's okay to not like the chili. No one expects you to. Like it's weird if you didn't grow up on it. If you haven't had it, if your stomach isn't prepared for such a thing, your eyeballs aren't prepared for such a thing. You are probably revolted that's okay it's fine just don't try to take shots at those of us that like it there's nothing wrong with that like that's my only thing that's my only thing with people that take the shots it's fine to say you don't like it just leave it just leave just leave its name out your mouth right like that's the i know right right i think that was probably what the message said so i'll say it for them again uh but no you're right you're right uh that's great let's prediction uh we'll, we'll wrap it up here prediction what do you uh what do you see what do you think Sunday? I mean, you kind of tipped your hand a little bit uh, earlier, but what do you, what do you think is going to happen Sunday night? I don't think it's necessarily close. And I know it sounds like I'm pandering. I'm not. I think this is a bad matchup for Buffalo. I think Buffalo's in a not good place, especially defensively. I think they'll put up some points, but it'll be more so catch-up mode, maybe making it more of a game in the second half when it's really not a game. So give me Cincinnati – 31 buffalo 24 you know and I, I yeah yeah i just feel like the bengals are they're doing what they did last year right they're yeah. getting healthy at the right time figuring their offense Boy. out at the right time joe Burrow, you know it was just like the last time i was down there it was the the story out of the afc championship game on how these guys are the villains right leaning into this yeah this persona being, being doubted, being counted out. Nobody likes us. Everybody hates us. There's a cockiness around those te- around those defensive players. I, I feel like they kind of got that back against San oh, yeah. Francisco. 100%. Right. Like Joe, Bur- Joe Burrow after that run smacking his helmet, mm-hmm. uh, BJ Hill doing the somersault in yeah. Joe Mixon swinging the baseball bat into the crowd, yep. giving it to the fans. Like they kind of found that element of themselves out there as much as anything on, on the field between yeah. the whistles. You are 100% right. It's a great observation. We talked a bunch about that on Tuesday, actually, about how it just felt like they found their like leaning into the disrespect underdog role again and how they've been so unbelievable in an underdog role. They had, as for somebody, been an underdog all year. And it's like, yeah, no surprise. You know, every time Joe Burrow is an underdog of at least four points, he gets a blowout win. Like, it's like, it's unbelievable when, when they just feed that's who they are. They won't be underdogs really on Sunday night. But you know, imagine if they if if this team comes out and sticks it to another Buffalo team and they go San Francisco, Buffalo, back to back blowout wins. I mean, you're right back to exactly why, and you kind of already are. They were a Super Bowl favorite to begin the year, and that's something that they could accomplish. They've been so good uh under the lights at Paycor. Um, although they haven't won on Sunday night football uh here in forever. Uh 12 in a row on Sunday night football that they lost. But it goes way back. I mean, they haven't really had an opportunity here. They haven't played a Sunday football game since 2012. They've been on Monday and Thursday over and over and over again um, at Paycor. Huh. And so it's it's odd. But that said, I mean, you've got a team that's kind of built for it. Uh, and that's that's counting, not counting playoffs. Technically, the Ravens game was a Sunday football game last year. But I think they're built for it. I think this is going to be a one where they, they kind, of, kind of continue the momentum from last week. And you're right. Buffalo's a team with cracks right now. And especially if they're on defense, San Francisco had cracks on defense that they were showing. They showed them against Minnesota on that game the previous week, and the Bengals exploited those in a big way. Um, yeah, it feels like something they could do again. 
And so I'm with you. I don't know if it could, I'm going to go all the way into the thirties again. Uh, it, it could be a, that could be a turnover if turnovers get them over 30, but I don't think offensively they'll specifically get over 30, but I'll say, I'll say 28, 20 Bengals and, uh, and one that they win and, and everybody's going to be on board the wagon once more. And hopefully when they are, they'll be, uh, checking out go long TD reading, uh, the work that you'll have going on there. Um, and Hey, anytime you want to do a reciprocal a quid quid pro quo, uh, come back on, talk Bengals a little bit with you. We'd love to come over to go long and, and we can chat it up there, but you'll be in town this week. So we have plenty yeah. of time to talk and, uh, and you get a good, uh, even more of a feel for, for what's going on here in Cincinnati right now, which is pretty similar to what was going on before. So TD, I Hell appreciate yeah, your time, brother. I'm looking forward Thanks to seeing so much, you this Paul. weekend. It's going to be a blast and, uh, you know, safe travels in and, uh, we'll, we'll see you. I guess we'll see you uh, tomorrow or later today. Can't wait, man. Thanks so much. Later, buddy.